Recycleman. All right, good evening, everyone. This is Ted, and I want to uh, welcome you all to the Motorcycle Men podcast. Good evening. This is episode 80 here on the show. Uh, this episode is special, and it touches on a subject that is very important and near and dear to our hearts here at the Motorcycle Men camp. While we joke a bit on the show, and goof, as you know, uh, we have nothing but the utmost respect and support for our men and women in uniform be it police or our armed forces, and we make it a point to support and participate in whatever charities and events that we're able to each year. We recognize here fully that we all, all we know and all we are as Americans is largely because of these men and women who, for the most part, volunteer and put themselves in harm's way to defend our way of life, uh, our freedom, and the freedom of people uh, who are threatened in times of uh, conflict. Our veterans not have not always had the support that they do now. And even now, there is still much, much more that needs to be done to aid our veterans, even in times of peace. With that, joining me now here on the Motorcycle Men podcast is uh, Lieutenant Commander Rob Vici of VetRest. Rob, welcome to the Motorcycle Men podcast. Ted, thanks so much. It's uh, it's great to re-engage with you after uh, so many years of being out of high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you guys don't know this, but uh, Rob and I went to high school together, and we are, uh, I guess, proud graduates of the class of 76. We are dating ourselves, by the way. <laughs> yes, we are. And you have a great rock band also that I've heard. So, you know, we'll talk about that later, too, I hope. Yeah, we'll get into it. You know, Okay. We're, we're a bunch of hacks, but we, you know, we, we do it. So how's life been treating you, Rob? Tell us all, a little bit about yourself. You know, you got some military background. And, of course, tell us about your involvement with VetRest. I will, and and I'll bore you for the the short story of thirty <laughs> seconds. So again, Ted, thanks for your your intro, uh, phenomenal, and for what you and and many motorcycle clubs do all over the country, go far above and beyond uh, what most Americans uh, do know and believe. I mean, there are no bigger supporters than our motorcycle groups. The um, after high school, I, I took the journey to West Point, graduated there as a football player, so I was on the dean's other list. Uh, while I was there, you know, not uh, maximizing anything in academics, served about seven years active duty, right. went through flight school and um, came back to uh, New Jersey and uh, joined the National Guard. I took about a year and a half off. I was having withdrawals as a pilot without flying. It was it was oh, kind of tough. Flyboy, so huh? uh, I, I joined the National Guard and, you know, lo and behold, 20 years later, I, I take a battalion command. 16 Blackhawks out of Trenton, New Jersey, and 300 of our finest young men and women. And we were mobilized for the, uh, to deploy to Iraq. Wow. Um, <clears throat> just a, uh, a, a crazy time in, in my life, you know, as a 49-year-old male, been practicing for, you know, 20-plus years in the military. Yeah. And then finally we get the call for the Super Bowl. So um, be it as it may, we um, – we mobilized out of Trenton. We were the first uh, battalion to ever leave the state of New Jersey. We actually really? deployed to Panama for four months uh, as a test bed for the active duty. We then, once we received our activation order, you know, very important what you said earlier is not to lose our sense of humor. So I, I joked with our commanding general a lot early on, and I kept asking him if we were going to the outback. 
and what should I pack? You know, because I've never been to, uh, you know, never been to that country before. And uh, he kept saying, no, Veach, we're going to Iraq. I said, uh, General, the Outback's much better. But I still don't know why we're invading, why we're invading Australia. I said, it doesn't sound right. So uh, <clears throat> we muddled through six months of training at Fort Dix, New Jersey, and then we deployed for a year. So let, let me tell you, Ted, after 18 months of deployment, yeah. uh, you pretty much hate everybody. You yeah, know, you, I can imagine. You're with the same people training day in day out doing doing a lot of mundane tasks while we're still yeah. trying to spool up aircraft fly them maintain them do all those things so you know by the end of my tour i was, I was ready to kill everybody so well you, you know, know I, I i guess you do know i did i did surf as well i, I had spent a few years uh, i was a squid i was in the navy for uh, a few years so i can totally relate to uh being cooped up with uh, with a bunch of smelly guys for a long extended period of time Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and thank you for being a squid. You know, I, I was a lieutenant colonel in the Army, and I played Army football. So we, we only oh. hate our Navy comrades one day a year, and that's Army-Navy <laughs> football, which finally we won this year after 15 years. But, but let me let me get closer into vet rest and why I'm doing what I do and what, what we are all about. All right. um, a short story on, on my life is May 31st of 09, I retired from 34 years of service. Good for and, you, man. A bittersweet moment. You know, I was in National mm-hmm. Guard for 24 years. It was bittersweet. You know, you, you enjoy it. You love it. You embrace it. But yeah. you're kind of sad because we're still kind of young and we, yeah. we don't really want to retire at that point. Right. And uh, at the same day, my civilian job downsized me. So now I was out of two jobs in one day. <laughs> right. Was buying a new house for my then wife. Then wife. Notice that key qualifier yeah. <laughs> there at the time. Lost that because without a job, I wasn't buying a house. Right. And I was now... Um, she left me, I think, about a month after that. So things weren't going real well for Rob Beach at the time after retiring, you know, from a great 34-year military career. Right. Um, spent seven months unemployed, did some things, took a job managing the top 34 of the Empire State Building. Things are going real well. We were uh, redesigning the whole top of the tower. And on Memorial Day, I turned over a $34 million contract to our bosses there, and they also downsized me. So two <laughs> Memorial Days in a row, wow. Bob Beachy's out of work. During this transition period, though, I, I met with uh, so many people and so many great people, some wonderful human resource folks, and they reminded me that you have to volunteer, you have to help other people, and it's good for your soul, it's good for your karma, and it's good for other folks. So when you're really down and out, you have to focus on that. So I, I partnered with a, a another business partner, Veronica, in New York City, employee GI, and we've been helping veterans secure jobs for the past four or five years. Excellent. And uh, we're an employment agency. We, we, we're not, we don't aggressively go after payment because our mission is let's get veterans jobs. Right. Well, this year, again, just before Memorial Day, I was downsized once again. So I see a trend going on here. Yeah. Three out of eight memorials days is not pleasant for this combat vet, but I had been volunteering with vet rest. Vet rest started in 2013, a classmate of mine from West Point, a major general, he's still a major general today, Dan York, uh, a wonderful man. He, uh, he works at Northcom. He's one of the guys who gets a phone call in the middle of the night if an airplane's hijacked and he has shoot down authority. Wow. How would you like to go to bed with that on your head every Ooh. month? You know, <laughs> wow. every night knowing that if your phone rings, I could be faced with this crisis management decision. He is the right guy to be on the other end of the phone. He's very spiritual. He's very religious. He's very smart. He's very thought-provoking. Well, one day in 2013, early 13, he received three emails in an hour 
of veteran suicides. Really? Oh, geez. because the, the army realized we were having a bit of a problem. So they started letting all the general officers know that this epidemic is out there. Yeah. Well, after the third email, he mobilized some other uh, classmates of ours from the academy and he put together vet rest. What we have found and what our mission is, is, and, and I want to get to see, I want to articulate it, you know, exactly the right way. It's currently we're seeing 20 to 22 veterans a day committing suicide. That's horrible. It's every 65 minutes. So while you and I are, are prepping and doing this show, one veteran in our country, Ted, will take their life. And it's <sighs> it's just blows my mind that we can't do something better about this. Um, whether it's combat-related stress, whether it's anything else that they've lived through, um, the um, whatever events are going on in their life, we directly attribute PTS to suicide. Yeah, and and if we can mitigate the effects of PTS or PTSD, right. we're mostly PTS now. I think we've dropped a disorder, and uh, we can begin healing. Right. The the symptoms of PTS for, for so many of our listeners out there that don't really know, um, very simple. There are three main symptoms that we're, we're coming back with intrusion, which is flashbacks, right. the veteran experiencing something that happened. that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. We also see that with our police officers, our EMS workers, our right. firemen, anyone who's been in a serious accident, anyone who's had a, a life changing event, a rape, a something physically violent to themselves okay. have mm-hmm. these flashbacks. Um, a lot of our veterans and other folks with PTS experience avoidance, grief, anger, fear. A lot of these emotions are out there. And the third is, of course, hyperarousal. You hear a loud noise. You hear a bang. You right. hear something. And it's just throwing our veterans uh, a curveball that they're not prepared for. You know, you as a Navy vet, you know, we go through very intensive basic training. We really prepare our veteran, our soldiers and our sailors and our airmen for, for combat operations. We do a great job at that. And when we're done, after his first tour, second tour, third tour, or some other time now when you're no longer physically able, yeah. we very quickly turn our veterans away. And we're, we're pushing our young men and women out of the service with a pat on the back, a slap on the shoulder, say, hey, thank you very much for your three combat tours and for serving, but we no longer need you and you're no longer medically able to deploy again. So we're going to we're going to push you out the door. That's disgraceful. That's absolutely it's, disgraceful. It, it's hard. It's horrifying, Ted. And I, I just can't believe that. Well, we're here. We're here to help. So our website right. is vetrest.org, www.vetrest.org. And what we what we focus on is peer to peer counseling, veteran to veteran, mm-hmm. combat vet to combat vet, non combat vet to non combat vet. It doesn't matter. We're all experiencing PTS, and we try to drill down and get to the root cause of the problem, mitigate it, work on the veteran. And help them, you know, achieve a better, help them achieve a new self because you are a different person after you've mobilized, after you've deployed to combat or whether you've not deployed to combat, you still come out a different person. Um, So through a lot of our research, we've also found that there are about 15 other items that impact a vet and a vet, again, and a fireman, an EMS worker, anyone who's been through a traumatic experience is there's always something else. You know, we take vets in for PTS, but then we find out, well, they're jobless, they're homeless, they have legal issues, they are abusing drugs and alcohol or drugs or alcohol, or they have some other life event that is preventing them from sustaining a healthy life. You know, I'm very fortunate. I'm a PTSD survivor. Um, I've been diagnosed for years and, and I go for my therapy, but 
Rob Beach is very lucky because I have a great support group. I have a wonderful, loving wife, family. I have a great doctor. And, and I'm treated only with, um, well, in group therapy and with meeting with other vets and by meeting with my doc. So I'm very fortunate not to be treated with meds. Right. Unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of vets that are hitting our, our VA hospitals, and I'm not going to beat up on the VA, but we have some things to work out here. Right. It's that veterans are coming in whenever they can get an appointment. They're getting treated with, with, with drugs and medications. If you mention the word suicide, you are now stripped of your rank, stripped of your weapon, stripped of your, your, your flying orders, and we are just really doing a severe disservice to our vets. Wow. That's horrible. Let me tell you, I'm going to back up just a little bit, and, and I know you touched on it briefly, but tell us a little bit about uh, PTS. What exactly is that? How does it affect our vets? What can they and what can they do about that? There's there's so many different treatments. Well, well, how it affects the vet are um, those major symptoms we look for: hyperarousal, um, anger, fear, flashbacks, anything that kind of tips you off as to and bringing back a something bad or something traumatic just happened in your life. Um, the people in the Orlando airport a few weeks ago, the people that experienced the or witnessed the shootings of, uh, of other folks, that's a PTSD causing event right there. Okay. The differences we're having is that if a veteran is deployed, you might not see treatment for at least a year when you come back to this country. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if you go, you're not really going to go for treatment when you come back because we're tough guys, we're tough girls. You know, we're all trained to be tough and handle any situation. So a lot of our vets are suppressing the feelings and emotion that they're going through. Right. We're has, finding that. So that it has nothing to do with the number of days in combat or engaged. It has to do with the moment of uh, activity that where it would yes. happen. Right. Yes. It could be just a prolonged exposure to uh, to being shot at, right. which really starts to piss you off after a while. Pretty much. Uh, I was stationed into Crete in 2004, and we were bombed every other day for a year. And it really gets annoying, especially when you have friends and, and coworkers start to be impacted by it, either, you know, getting hit and wounded or, you know, something more. Uh, and we've had some of those events. Many of our vets have had those events. Uh, a lot of vets, you know, we're finding that about 50% of our suicides today are non-combat vets. But, we're all, we're looking at a we're looking at a Vietnam era generation, mm-hmm. looking at at predominantly males that are sixty years and older, that possibly be, could be out of work today, mm-hmm. could be homeless, could be abusing alcohol and drugs, and these are the, the this is the generation that's getting crucified right now yeah. with uh, with suicide. The the, the treatments and, and I want to touch on one or two more things real quick since you went back there. Um, unemployment today for our veteran community is about 15%. Unemployment for our female veteran community is about 18 or 19%. Wow. It's a horrifying number. Oh, yeah. Now, now, couple that with a homeless situation. One in four homeless Americans are combat veterans. Yeah, that's disgraceful. If you're, a, if you're a homeless woman and you have a child or children, the last place you're going is to the VA for help because what happens in New Jersey, I don't know how it is in every other state, what happens in New Jersey when you're homeless and you have children? Well, you can't take care of your kids, so we're going to take them from you. Yeah. So we're seeing huge amounts of crisis with our with our women vets and women veterans are actually experience, experiencing higher cases of PTSD um, effects. Right. Maybe it's more of an emotional state they have. 
maybe they're better connected to other parts of their brain where they can, you know, rationalize these things. But our women vets are having a, a serious time. You know, there's a lot of treatments, a lot of therapies. You know, I, I can throw a few out there. Folks have heard of most of them, cognitive behavior therapy. You know, you can correct that painful event by reliving it, re-experiencing it, going to exposure therapy. Oh, yeah. Sounds dangerous to me because there are a lot of things I don't want to re-experience. Um, you know, there's psychodynamic psychotherapy, helping individuals um, look at their behaviors and how their behaviors have changed and what they have to go through to readjust their behavior. There's family therapy. There's group therapy. There's of course, medications are a therapy and a treatment. Right. Um, there's equine therapy. All these things are out there. What we're doing at VetRest is we are looking at the 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 effects and the um, the cause of the PTS, and then we're trying to identify those 15 other indicators of what is stopping that veteran or preventing that veteran from getting to a healthier new start in their life. Okay. So. We will, we will, uh, with our technology, we'll be directing the vets to a hospital, to a law firm, to a a, a social services group, or something that, that they need help with. Maybe their wife needs a job. Maybe they their child needs a job. Maybe somebody needs, you know, addiction medication help with that. We will be able to connect vets directly with that provider. So it's not it's not, not going to be like, hey Ted, go on this website. Yeah. And look up this person and look up this, you know, website and call them. There are 45,000 charities today in our country. Most of them are centrally located. Most of them are yeah. in a community focused in an area, focused in a city. And how many of them are dedicated strictly to helping vets? Most of them are, but their reach is very small. Right. So what we're doing at VetRest, I know one of the things you wanted to talk about is, are we partnering with other organizations out there? And, and we'll mention Wounded Warrior Project because they are Good. our largest veteran charity out there. Um, they've had some bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. They've had some misdoings and they've had some bad press. And we hope that they get well because they are very important to all of our vets because oh, they're they, huge. they do a lot of work and they oh, are, yeah. they're in every state in, in our country. Um I've had conversations with the new CEO. Uh, thank God that they uh, finally decided to bring in someone who is focused, very bright, very hardworking. Is Lieutenant General Mike Lannington, who does nothing but wonderful things. Um, I have the pleasure of knowing him because he's married to a classmate of mine, Brenda from uh, from Class of '81. Mike was a class year ahead of us, okay. and he's doing wonderful things there. We've had some discussions because we at VetRest have a great reputation. We like to think we can help with theirs, mm -hmm. and they have a huge financial backing. So we're hoping right. that we can – we're pretty sure we're going to work together on some things. Uh, I can't go too far into it before I, I solidify <laughs> the agreements, but we're okay. working nationally, right. and we are welcoming all any other charities that want to work with us. We'll have them on our contact list. Oh, great. Now, you guys have a lot of uh, different chapters. Uh, I was going across your – website and i did notice you have a boatload of different chapters how many chapters do you have and where basically are you based out of all right today uh our our first chapter our startup chapter was in oregon in portland oregon mm -hmm. i used to say oregon but now it's oregon because i'm <laughs> under conference calls okay so i've been corrected numerous times <laughs> um this is where we developed our coaching uh platform our coach certificate coach certification training platform right. we have some wonderful people out there uh, three combat vets on our team in Portland. We're also working currently in Colorado Springs, which is where General Dan York is. 
we have a chapter in Atlanta. We have a chapter in D.C. And, and I'm wearing two or three hats right now. We have oh chapters in New York City and New Jersey. I do have a chapter director identified for Jersey. We're bringing uh, tanker Dave Ryden in on board. He also owns a 19-kilo coffee company, which is another veteran uh, a service disabled veterans own small business. Okay. So if you like coffee, check out that one. And I have a, a Marine uh, combat veteran, two-tour veteran in New York that I've identified. So we're working together in those five areas today. Basic composition of a chapter, Ted, is we have a chapter director who's responsible for training, coaching, and mentoring his coaches, his or her coaches. We have a, an administrative person who's going to help us with all the technology, computers, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. We will have a farming director, which is a piece I want to make sure I touch on because farming is a very important um, piece of vet rest because it aids in healing. You know, we're short 1 million farmers today in our country. Really? The average, yeah, think about that. And the average age of our farmers, take a guess, average age of our farming community. I couldn't even guess. 40, 50? 57. Wow. So 10, 15 years from now, we could be in a real serious situation here in our country within our farming community. So we have three farms in Florida. We have farms we, we can, I, we can, we have farms that we've identified in New Jersey, New York, and any other state we're going to work within will identify other organic farms and we will help integrate veterans into the farming community. We'll help them uh, with living, living conditions, right. training, and we'll help them purchase their own farms should the need arise or should they want to mm-hmm. down the road. Wow. So we have a farming director in each chapter who will also be a coach. Right and a trainer, uh, we're going to have a professional fundraiser attached to each chapter because what we want to do, Ted, is we want to make sure that the, the, each chapter can be self-sustaining after two years because we don't want to keep going to the same well. We don't want to keep asking the same people for donations. We would love to, people will want to continue to donate as they are now, but we want to be able to say, Hey folks, we're self-sustaining. More donations are always beneficial because we can hire more coaches and further our outreach. All right. We can have minimum three coaches per chapter. They're going to be paid. Big difference with our platform is we're, we're paying our people. You know, volunteerism is great. Charities are great. But if I can help you pay your mortgage, your car payment, and help you sustain your life, oh, sure. I can depend on you more as a coach. Right. So that's how each chapter is organized. So five today, uh, we, we are we – are, in huge fundraising efforts right now. We, I spent a week in DC uh, two weeks ago with, with the media consultant we have, Eden Gordon Consulting, mm-hmm. uh, TNT Daily. We have a professional fundraiser out of out of um, Nashville, Tennessee. We are working with uh, Lauren Fritz, who used to work at Fox uh, Fox Network for seven years. And these three women are extremely dynamic, helping us connect dots. Okay, nothing happens without fundraising. Great. We are we are. In an ask for $5 million, $5 million will fund vet rest for two years, and we think it will fund us perpetually. That's because perfect. with each fundraiser, with each chapter responsible for their own funds, that startup will not only fund the five chapters I have today, it'll help us start up five more right away. Wow. And by the time we're done, our three to five year plan, Ted, is 23 or 24 chapters in all the major uh, states oh, in beautiful. the U.S. We have our demographics done. We have our target cities all lined up. But if we and we're asking for, you know, ambassador donors to join us. And if an ambassador donor says, hey, Rob, I want to donate four hundred thousand dollars to your New York City chapter, which is all it takes for a chapter to run for a year. 
right. is 400,000, pretty much there. And we're also no bricks and mortar today, Ted. No. Because bricks and mortar are very expensive. Oh, yeah. And they take a lot of extra extra work and additional funding. So we are bringing the fight to the veteran. Beautiful. Wherever that veteran is, is feels comfortable, on a park bench, at a coffee shop, sitting in a mall somewhere, wherever that veteran feels comfortable is where our coaches are going to go to the veteran. Well, hopefully so in their own. expenses down. Yeah, I'm sorry, I keep cutting oh, you off. That's right. That's right. Hopefully in their own living room, too. And and that's what we want to do. You know, we don't need lavish offices. We don't need big expense accounts. Right. We just need to, to get to the fight. 20 to 22 vets a day committing suicide is just horrifying. So for the listeners out there, you know, we're looking for those ambassadors, we're looking for those people that, that want to help get on our website, vetrest.org and send me an email, Mm -hmm. send me an email directly, rvici at vetrest.org. And, uh, and we we're looking for coaches, mentors, counselors, looking for other charities we can partner with so that we can make sure that we get the veterans, the right treatment that they need. Perfect. Um, Well, let me ask you this. How many vets uh, does VetRest help nationwide, and how about locally here in New Jersey? Okay, that's a great question because I have a lead-in for that. We, um, we're we still kind of in startup. We're still fundraising, but we are healing mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs, like I said, Atlanta, D.C., and Oregon. We probably have about only eight to ten vets we're working with currently today. Right. In New York and New Jersey – for the past six months to a year, um, I've personally worked with about 10 or 12 in, uh, let's see, more so in New Jersey than in New York. But here's what we've done. We've partnered with a company called Unite Us. Fantastic platform, three really smart guys, one guy from uh, one West Pointer, one Naval Academy guy, and, uh, and another, uh, I'm sorry, an Air Force guy, and another another very smart guy from Harvard, Yale, Princeton, one of our, one of our big Ivy Leagues. And we're developing our platform that with our intake of a vet, we are able to track the vet's progress and able to track all of the other 15 additional touch points that are critical to that vet's healing. Okay. So, and our, we're rolling out our platform next week. So that's why I don't have the hard number today. <laughs> once the platform is ready, we've been working on it for two months now. So once the platform is ready to roll out, we're going to be able to produce metrics for any any concerned donor, right. anyone who is a potential donor, we'll be able to sit and talk exact numbers Perfect. per chapter. Well, you'll get that to me, and then yeah. I'll be able to put that up on the on the website. So now you guys have this retreat thing. Uh, tell that what that is. Uh, tell us what that is, and uh, what vets and their families can expect to get from that. Sure, we are we are almost done with the final planning. We have another hundred thousand dollars to raise for our retreat center in Colorado Springs. That'll be a healing center with coaches, counselors, mentors, farming coaches, and we'll be able to, uh, no cost to the veteran, we'll be able to get the vets out to Colorado Springs, have them do some healing, put them through some of our programs and see where, how we can get them to a better life. One of the things that's key with all of the the veteran healing activities that are out there, Ted, is that, you know, you could take the veteran out of the valley Bring them to the top of the mountain, riding horses, shooting guns, doing think those kind of activities that are that, that begin healing. But after the three, four or five days, they go right back down to the valley. Right. And that's where we have to continue the fight. That's where we have to make sure that the the jobs are there. The housing is there. 
employment opportunities are there. And I mean, meaningful employment. You know, there's a lot of so many things in the media. I'm sure you see a ton of it where folks are saying, I'm going to hire 10,000 veterans this year. I tell folks, hire one. Yeah. If every company hired one vet, we right. would no longer have unemployed veterans. Yeah. Hire two, hire five. And, you know, I don't want to get into the whole refugee crisis, but yes, some companies say they want to hire refugees. How about hiring Americans? And how about hiring American veterans? Correct. Those things will really help. Absolutely. Um, there's some events we're going to be running soon. I'm, I'm hoping to hoping and maybe with, with with your voice out there, we can put together some motor club, a motorcycle club charity events. Yeah, perfect. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I would love that. All the over. Cranford Elks is very supportive and so many other uh, motorcycle groups out there are so supportive. Um, we're looking for donors of any amount. Twenty dollars, okay. fifteen dollars, recurring amounts. I received a wonderful uh, uh What's this called? Oh, a letter. <laughs> it's called a letter. <laughs> it's called I a letter. letters. Who, who writes me letters? <laughs> I got a wonderful letter today with 10 checks in it from two families from New Jersey. I, I don't know if I should mention their names, but instead of giving out birthday presents to each of their family members, they are sending a check to vet rest. Beautiful. Because they see the importance of the healing that we're doing. And I tell you, I just had tears in my eyes today when I opened up the letter. I said, well, look at this. These are young men and women from our country that, researching that, 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 us and saying, you know what, there's something better that I can do with my money that, and, and help a vet today. So that's, that's beautiful. Wow. So now you guys, you, speaking of events, you guys, how many events does vet rest run and participate in? Like I said, we're still in startup. Okay. We're still in funding. Yeah. Uh, let's see. April, May and yeah, June should be, very big for us, and I would love to. I'll keep you in touch. I'll definitely oh, yeah. keep you in a loop, Ted. Okay. April 29th, big one. April 29th, yeah. Christine Martucci. Okay. The Christine Martucci band is performing at the Stone Pony okay. in Asbury Park. I want to sell this event out so badly because she's supporting Vet Rest uh, completely. Beautiful. She's a veteran. She is a 10-year combat veteran. Okay. Christine, uh, folks, if you haven't heard her music, she is a Janis Joplin sound-alike. Actually, I like Christine's music better. She's a songwriter. She's a singer. She's a producer. Uh, she has Angels of War out now. She has five CDs out. Angels of War is a wonderful tribute to our fighting men and women. And uh, just everyone, go online. We're, we're doing everything online at the okay. Stone Pony because we can better account for the money that's being brought in. Perfect. But there's... 800, I didn't realize how big Stone Point is. I haven't been there since 1977 when I was at prep school. 800 seats, 800 tickets available. Wow. So wow. so motorcycle men, all the folks that are out there, all of our veterans, all our people that want to support us, tickets I think are $20. Right. Buy a bunch. Give them out to your friends, and let's get down there and support us. We what have time, a comedian coming in. Oh, oh, sorry. What time does that event start on the 29th? I'm going to say 8 o'clock. Okay, you know, because uh, Human Wheels, my band, we're playing actually in the morning. We're actually doing a benefit run in the morning. So, hey, when I'm done, I'll come down. We'll be there. That would be Beautiful. fantastic. And I'm going to find the details on you because I want to come hear you sing um, and, and, and play. Um, uh, you're a John Mellencamp. Yes. Specialty band, aren't you? <laughs> you're very humble. Man. You're very <laughs> yeah. humble. I can see it yeah. in your face. It is. Um, the other thing, we have a comedian, Joey Carroll. He's an A-line, an A-lister coming down from Boston. Okay. to help us. Michelle McPhee up in Boston radio has been wonderful to us. Uh, uh, she's wrote, written a book called Maximum Harm, talks about the Boston bombings. We're going up to her book signing, but we're starting to see a lot of 
visibility on the East Coast. Uh, okay. You know, WMEX, W. Uh, so many other stations have been great. So many of the Fox News channels have been great. We're really hoping to uh, to get the word out, get some great donors in. I'm looking for a New York ambassador. I'm looking for an, a New Jersey ambassador, somebody who wants to say, let's kick this off. Let's get get it running. Let's start the healing. And you know what? Let's find a, the return on the investment are going to be healthy, healed veterans and their families. Think about this, Ted. Here's a point I, I brought up today. I was down at the state house today, actually, is – if a veteran thinks it's a better that their better their best way is to take their own life, think of the crisis going on in their head. Now, yeah. in, in many of these families, that veteran's probably the breadwinner. So, if this veteran takes their own life, now there's no breadwinner. Now there's no life insurance policy because we we know how that goes That's down. Right. You're potentially looking at a, a homeless veteran family. Right. It's beyond crisis level. So, so you know, we just encourage anyone who's out there who wants to help. You know what? Support, support Motomen, support VetRest, support you know, support our charity. We're supporting other charities that are out there, and just get the word out. Retweet us, re like us on Facebook. Do anything on LinkedIn or any of the other sites out there that I'm still trying to figure out how to work. I can fly a $16 million <laughs> helicopter. I can't work Instagram. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we'll talk, we'll talk offline and we'll see if we can set something up. We'll get the motorcycle men. And what we'll do is we'll try to set up some sort of an event where we can get a whole boatload of motorcycle dudes involved. And maybe we can cruise out and do, uh, you, you got your, your places, you're set up in, uh, in Trenton, correct? You guys have an office there. Well, I'm, I'm seriously consider moving the office because like today we don't have any bricks and mortar. Right. Our, our vision, our founder's vision, uh, Major General York's vision was was Trenton. Uh, but, you know, if I'm going to if I'm going to have a base, it's probably better served near Fort Dix, McGuire, Lakehurst, you know, the joint base or even somewhere. I'm thinking even Jersey City or somewhere this way where we have a large veteran population in our urban areas, because if we're more centrally located, we can draw more folks in and we can get, you know, begin more healing. Plus. Sure. I know a lot of business folks in Jersey City, in the Hoboken area, and in the New York City side right across the water where we can use their facilities for healing. Perfect. And I will say this. Wounded Warrior Project did say to us that we can use any of their facilities anytime just to heal oh, our beautiful. veterans. So business folks out there, shoot us an email. Let us know if we can use your office we won't abuse anything. We won't do much. We have our iPads and we do our intake stuff. We just need a private place to sit where it's not offensive to a vet, where it's not in their face, where they're not sitting sure. across the desk from someone in a white coat. Right. We want we want our men and women who sacrifice so much to be comfortable, right. honest, open, and we want the healing to begin now. Perfect. So here's a big, here's just a big question, and this is probably a little touchy to some people, but what involvement – or participation or support have you gotten from any federal, state, or local governments for VetRest? Uh, nothing as of yet. We are we are interviewing some grant writers. Okay. If we have any grant writers who are out there in uh, in Motorman land, uh, shoot me an email. We're we're targeting the VA. Um, we're targeting some of the other organizations that are out there. I'll be in D.C. actually this Monday and Tuesday. Uh, meeting with uh, several teams of folks out there. Last week, we had brief meetings with Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Dana Perino. Uh, the Fox News team has been wonderful with us. We're, we're 
we're going to make sure that we're positioned exactly right. We want to make sure we're a little bit more funded before, you know, we launch an assault on, on the TV world because we want to make sure that we are whole and that everyone's buying into what we're doing. We're meeting with the Heritage Foundation next week, Jim Carafano. We're meeting with the Christian Broadcast Network, the Bramer Group. Uh, I've got several congressmen and senators we're meeting with, uh, Senator Joni Ernst, Congressman Bishop. Uh, we're meeting with uh, Breitbart Group and some other media organizations. So we're generating the – trying to generate some velocity. We're generating the the talk, oh. the buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're asking them for their support. We're asking them for direction, guidance, and where are those pots of gold that we need to help tap into so that we can make sure that VetRest is is funded enough to begin healing. Right now, we have about 45 people uh, engaged in VetRest, and we only have one or two people that are on a small, limited payroll. Wow. Everyone else, everyone else is volunteering. So if I can start paying these folks and paying our coaches and mentors and counselors, we can really accomplish a great many more things Absolutely. because now they can focus on the mission at hand and not worried about paying their, their bills with other things. Do you think, um, do you think the uh, new administration is going to be any help? I would hope so. Well, well, <laughs> if they're not, well, here's, here's, it's funny, you know, whatever side of the political spectrum people are on and, and, and I'm on whatever side I'm on because of the way I've been brought up and the way I think and the way I see things is veterans are non-political yep. and we or the Republican Party, I believe, will hold President Trump accountable for the for the for the campaign promises he's made. Oh yeah, we will. I know. I know the Democrats and the and the extremely liberal press will, will hold him accountable, but we're losing faith in their honest reporting. But I know that the the Republican side will hold him accountable. I know I'm going to hold him accountable. Oh, we yeah. live up in this neighborhood, and you know he's made several promises. Here's a big issue that we have with with the VA. You know, Mr. Shulkin's been appointed. He's a wonderful man. He's a doctor. He's very smart. He's been there for three years. I don't know what he's done in three years, but hopefully he'll continue to do more. Do you know it's unconstitutional to, to fire employees of the VA? What? It's unconstitutional, Ted, to fire someone for not doing their job or not being accountable to these right. vets. My wife and I have 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 a Korean War vet, a World War II vet, and several Vietnam vets that we accompany to the VA hospitals because they're not really handled with the kid gloves that I would hope they would be. Right. You know, as shy as I am, I come in and I just make things happen. That's as it. do a lot of other vets that are helping, you know, some of these older, uh, some of our older veterans get the care they need. Yeah. Um, if Mr. Shulkin can fire people that are not performing, if he can incentivize people who are, I believe we can turn around his VA system. But it's a big government machine and, you know, who knows how it's going to go. But if the president really wants to help, yeah. He has the power to help us. And, start and with the VA. Yeah. You know, the VA has got quite a uh, few large facilities here in New Jersey alone that probably need some attention. Uh, they do. They do. I I have to give the VA a positive because it's not all negative. I, yeah. I met the best audiologist I've ever met with at the Lions VA Hospital. Uh, Dr. Rose is just, she, she's just, uh, it's, that's her first name, Dr. Rose. And she's just wonderful, caring, kind. If I'm late for an appointment, she calls me and I get in there. Mm-hmm. But but she she's far and few, you know, the standout. Right. You have to make sure that the rest of the organization are going. You know, the, the VA hospital started, uh, Ted, you know, I'm, I'm going to be wrong on this, but I'm sure after somewhere around World War One, that era. And the VA hospitals are centered around 
um, institutions of higher learning where they could do research and analysis. And you had a veteran community who was who were exposed to things that maybe most people aren't exposed to. And you had those research teams near. Well, as the VA grew, they grew away from those research centers and they, they saw the pool of money coming from the government. So they started building all these VA hospitals in other areas all over the country. Hmm. And so they're not at those institutions of higher learning. So they've kind of become their own animal. Some of the, one of the issues that's come up is we hope, I don't think it's going to happen, but we're looking to either privatize the VA, which I don't think will happen. It's a big government organization, but I would like to see, you know, either a voucher program or an ID card that lets our veterans go somewhere else for help. You know, our Korean War veteran is not going to sit on the phone and wait for 45 minutes to make an appointment. It took me 67 minutes the other day to make him appointment at the dental clinic. 67. And and I had that time because I was driving. Right. So I was fuming and I started driving faster and faster than I was going. But, you know, this man's not going to do that. He has two purple hearts. Yeah. This man should not have to be on the phone for that amount of time to make an appointment. He should be able to go to any place with an ID card that says, I'm a vet, take care of me. That's it. Yes. There should be nothing else. That would be wonderful. And and you know what? VA hospitals that are performing, hey, let them keep performing and help them perform better. The hospitals that are not performing, shut them down. Close them. Save the real estate. Find the people that are working their other jobs. But at the end of the day, the VA are there to support the vets and help them and help healing. Yeah. Well, you know, let, let's have at it. So I do hope that that um, President Trump does stand up. I believe he will, because I'm pretty sure he's a man that does not like to lose anything. Yeah. And uh, we're going to continue to press on in, in Washington uh, at the state level here in New Jersey and uh, just keep keep pushing forward as yeah. veteran advocates. Mental health it, it has appeared in the news more and more. Uh, Ted, I, today, I think the, the VA secretary announced his intention to expand mental health care to former service members with other than honorable discharges. Very important. And and here's why. You know, years ago, it, well, it was called a dishonorable. Now it's called other than honorable. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's for it's for those that's or for those, you know, soldiers and sailors and airmen that did something wrong that yeah. did not warrant them a general or an honorable discharge. I'm happy to hear that the VA will extend mental health care to those with other honorable. And here's why I talked to a young, a young Sergeant, um, three weeks ago, three tours in Iraq, three tours. That's three years away from his family. Yeah. And on his third tour, he had a, he had an altercation with one of his senior NCOs, one of his senior sergeants. They had a struggle, uh, fists you know fists were flung, and they naturally discharged him with an other than honorably because you know we're all about respect, dignity, respecting your your officers, your NCOs, and you can't have that. Right. But no. after his third tour, somebody needs to cut this kid a break. Exactly. So now he's he can't find a job because he does not have an honorable discharge. He can't get treatment from the VA. If you were talking about a potential suicide candidate, yeah, I could write his name down today, and I don't want to read about his name in the future. So I've actually helped him uh, find a job, and Good. I've put him in touch with a few other employers, and I've explained the situation. And yeah. I said, look, this is not a guy with a criminal background. This is a guy who's had a rough time. We're going to get him some some mental health care, 
and he will be a contributing person of this community. Right. You know, what's the alternative? We're going to put these guys in jail right. for, for, for committing a crime and letting them sit there without any treatment at all, a burden on the state. It doesn't do the veteran any, ser- no. any service. Let's get them out. Let's get them the treatment they need, and let's continue to drive on yeah. from there. You know what a lot of people don't understand? When someone says, okay, well, you were in the service, they don't think that perhaps – Right. Maybe not every single person who was in the military served in a combat situation. This is true. However, every person who has served in the military sacrificed their own lives, which mean that and that that's their personal lives. They've sacrificed. They've sacrificed their families. They sacrificed the life that they knew back home because let's face it, who, who gets stationed uh, around the corner from their house where they lived? Nobody. Right. Everybody's getting shipped off somewhere. Uh, look, I I spent four years in the military. I spent two years in Guantanamo. I spent two years in Keflavik, Iceland. So I was away from my family for four and a half years. Doesn't seem like a lot. No, granted, it wasn't a combat situation. However, I was there supporting those who were in those situations. So every single person who volunteers their lives to uh, be a member of the armed forces of the United States they are sacrificing part of the life. So they are serving in one aspect or another. This, regardless of what situation they're in, if they're a veteran, they need treatment, they need to get it. Wow. You, you know what? I hope you're recording that because I want to listen to that again. Ted. <laughs> you are so eloquent the way you, the way you speak about that. Well, but you, you are thanks. so, you, are, you hit the nail on the head, Ted, because you're right. You don't have to be in that combat situation, but you're taken away from your family. If you have a wife or a husband and children, you're mm-hmm. picking them up, moving them out. And now, and, and, and yes, we are a volunteer force, and we all know what the risks of that are. Oh, yeah. But, but, you know, the trauma of everyday thinking, well, what if I get deployed? Well, if I'm a stay-at-home husband, what if my wife gets deployed? I'm now home with two children. I you, still have to go to work. What if you both get deployed? And that's happened. That has happened. And, you know, it's something that we like to say we try to prevent, but some things are just not preventable. Yeah. You know, when you have two different units, you have a husband and wife serving in different units. They have their needs. And especially if you're a senior non-commissioned officer or, 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 or an officer, you know, those positions become vital. Every position becomes vital. We're, we're not we're not at 120 percent strength today. We've been downsizing our military since oh, oh, probably God. 2003 or four. Which you know, is, yeah, that shouldn't be happening anyway. But, but, but you hit the nail on the head. You know what? There's yeah. so many vets out there that have not deployed to a combat zone. The threat of it's there. The training is there. Every veteran trains as though yep. they're deployed to a combat zone. Let me let, let me make this point clear to a lot of folks who don't really understand, who may not understand what a veteran is. Um, you do not qualify for veteran benefits or the VA unless you served in a combat tour. Were, were have a service-connected disability or spent 20 years in the military. So how does that make sense? Technically, technically, Ted, you do not qualify as a veteran right. today. We are trying to change that. Right. So think about it. You don't have a service-connected disability. No. Uh, you didn't serve in a combat zone. So, okay, you did your four, five, six, seven years. Okay, thank you, Ted, very much. Go away now. Yeah. But what happens if you had a traumatic event while you were on active duty, and and you didn't receive treatment then, because we're also finding out that the PTS effects are not materializing until six, seven, eight years later. Mm-hmm. 
you don't qualify for VA help. So we have to fix that as well. So there's a lot that we need to do. And and folks, if you're out there listening, donors are welcome. Help us at vetrest.org. And and we're going to continue to get the message out, continue to connect dots, continue to meet with with wonderful people like Ted here and so many other folks that are out there that want to help and that are helping. Well, there's so much to do. Here's something a lot of people don't realize. Even though, say, somebody signs up and does, like, for example, take me, for example. I did, I did four years. Automatically, without asking, you're being also, <laughs> you're being attached to a two-year inactive service as well. You know, a lot of That's people don't right. know that. You say, well, I'm signing up for three years. Well, you're getting an additional two, but you don't know that, which means at any time during the two years, if conflict breaks out, guess who's knocking on your door? Right. <laughs> So a lot of people, I want to, you know what, while I'm here, I want to throw a couple stats at you, right? because I'm a stat freak. I'm, I'm into this kind of thing. I want to tell you about how many people have served in our military over the last hundred years. This is interesting. During World War I, there was 2.1 million men and women sent to fight in World War I. For, this is U.S. alone. Of that 2.1 million, um, 205,000 were wounded during that. So now, now you have, that's a lot of people. For, that's World War I. World War II, there was 16 million sent to war. Uh, of that, 670,000 were wounded. For Korea, 5.7 million were sent to Korea. 103,000 were wounded. Vietnam, this is, uh, this is amazing. 2.7 million were sent. 58,000 were uh, sorry, 304,000 were wounded. Now, with uh, the Iraq War, 192,000 were sent, and 33, plus, over 33,000 were wounded, but there was an additional 42,000 that, that came down with other diseases or symptoms from whatever type of uh, uh, battles they were in. And with the uh, Afghan War, you probably may know more, but 100,000 were sent. And 19,000 were wounded. Now, all of these people, now, if you go back all the way down to World War I, not everybody had some sort of support system when they got out, when they were sent back home. World War I, World War II, you know, they had the GI Bill, but like you had said earlier, what did they have? Nothing. We know what happened with Korea, and especially Vietnam. There was no support system for these guys when they came back at all. Not certainly not from the general public. So there's a couple of things that a lot of people should take into consideration when you start talking about uh, the veterans and what veterans need. And think about the technology today, Ted. You know, oh, yeah. we're, we're highly advanced. Our weapons are highly lethal. And we are seeing, you know, like your numbers show, we are seeing huge amounts of wounded people. Yeah. Our, our wounded counts today are so high. In World War I and World War II, those were casualties. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you saw Hacksaw Ridge, no. the new movie by Bill Gibson. <laughs> no. Wow. Uh, Saving Private Ryan was pretty graphic. Yeah. This is a true story about a World War II veteran that's magical. And when you see it, and then you think of the trauma that these 18, 19, and 20-year-old young men and women from our country are, are witnessing, it's mind-boggling. You know, I was very fortunate. I was in a division headquarters in Tikrit, Iraq. I was 49 years old in combat. You know, I, I lived a pretty good life. I was ready to, you know, face whatever, you know, the good Lord was going to throw at me. Mm-hmm. But think of these 18, 19 and 20 year olds that this this is their first life experience away from mom and dad. Yeah. And 
to have their friends die, to have their friends wounded, and to have all these to witness all these other things, um, that is is creates such a trauma in them. And a large part of what we deal with at VetRest is the guilt of why me, why not me, why them. Why was I in a Humvee and why did I live and my driver not live? Right. You know, we deal with with all these other emotions that take a lot more than peer to peer counseling to help. So, sure. you know, spiritually, sure. we hope folks are, are seeking wherever they gain their spirit from and wherever gain, they gain their spirituality from. We've pushed folks in those directions. We, you know, yeah. we, we see the spiritual healing because, you know, who can offer you absolution? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I would like to say Rob Beach, he can offer you absolution, but. I can't. I'm just another human being. You know, you have to look for to absolution from from a greater being up there. But okay. yeah. we work we work with all. But you know, those numbers are staggering, Ted. And, oh, yeah. And you again, know, you, you talk about the technology, you know, just like the Iraq war, for example, fi- nearly 50 percent of those who went came back wounded. And then again, you compare that to World War Two, where it would, the number was quite different. It's the technology. More people are getting injured. More people are getting wounded in these battles. Uh, but moving off that, I want to talk to you about some of these other organizations. You briefly touched on the Wounded Warrior Project. Do you, uh, do you see more support coming from uh, other events like this in terms of fundraising and, and events? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Whenever we, whenever we get a media blast out there, yeah. and I'm sure from tonight we're going to see a, a huge responses because we'll be blowing it up on, on Facebook. Twitter, LinkedIn, all those all those sites, we see massive amounts of emails. We start to see you know, larger sums of donations coming in. Right. And, and I'm, folks, fifteen dollars helps. A hundred dollars helps. A hundred thousand dollars helps. Connecting us with those folks that are high net worth people who want to make a difference, who are looking for a charity with a fresh face, with a fresh look, with a a fresh pillar of healing, which we're Pretty much, I'm not going to say that we're the only, but we are one of the very few national platforms that are focusing strictly on PTS right. and all the effects that that are having. So, you know, um, one of my pilots uh, came back when we uh, redeployed. He went to the dark side. He was a West Point grad. He went over to the Navy when we came back <laughs> uh, as a naval officer. He's now a lieutenant commander. As a naval officer, you'll fly more as an Army officer does. It's just kind of the way our career tracks go. Well, um, uh, I, I won't say his name, but he um, called me after his fifth deployment, oh. the special operations group. Now, the deployments were, were, quote unquote, only three months, <laughs> but three months, special operations, didn't see the light of day in his helicopter, only flew at night, Ugh. has a dramatic effect on you. Yeah. Wife, two kids at home, fifth deployment. Um, finally, after eight years uh, or since we first deployed, we came back in November of 05. So since then, he finally called me and said, I need your help. And I and I, I said, all right, let's go. I said, let me guess. You're fighting with your wife. You're short with your children. You're not sleeping. You're either taking too many meds or you're drinking. He goes, how did you know? I said, well, it's pretty easy because this is what we're dealing with every day with all of our guys. Right. So he didn't listen to one word of advice I had. I said, go to a civilian doctor first. Go to a doc that can you could talk to honestly and openly where your records stay sealed. You know, the HIPAA requirements keep those records sealed. And and we can have more flexibility that way because he had insurance. He had private yeah. insurance. Well, he went to the VA. 
the VA over-medicated him. He mentioned the word suicide in one of his treatments, and they immediately grounded him, took off his wings, and processing him with an MEB, a medical evaluation board, at 19 years, 8 months, Ted. At 20 years, we retire. They started processing him out, which the letter writing, the phone calling, the chaos that we all went through and that he and his family went through. Finally, we got him fixed because we got him to the right treatment off all of his meds. Good. We're trying to get his wings back. We're very close to getting his wings back, but he's also realized, well, he's lieutenant commander. He's at the twilight of his career anyway. Um, That might not be the worst thing, but we're trying to get him whole again. But, you know, stories like that hit the marketplace. Do you think any of our pilots are going for help? Of course not. Do you think police officers that witness these traumatic events are going for help? Of course not. What's the first thing you do to a police officer? Take away his gun, take, you know, and yeah. put it behind the desk. Yeah. It's to kiss the desk. So, so, so we at Vet Rest, we are HIPAA compliant. We don't tell anybody who we're talking to, right. which also don't expect to see on Facebook or, <laughs> or Instagram. Hey, I went to Vet Rest and they helped me with my PTS. You're not going to see that. No. But we have a Good. huge underground network of veterans that are talking us up yeah. and talking up the other charities where we can send folks for help. And, yeah. you know, it's guys like you that are helping us get it out there. You know, it's, 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 a shame that you have to, it's a shame you have to use that word underground. You know, it shouldn't be that way. Absolutely should not be that way. Listen, yeah. so outside of donations, how else can the general public uh, get involved and help our veterans? One is get the word out. Continue to spread the word. Thank a veteran when you see them. If you see a veteran who's struggling, remember, one in four homeless vets are veterans. Tell them to look us up. Yeah. Contact us on our website, folks, because you, you can, you'll can you get to me because I get all the emails uh, that come through our website. And if you want to volunteer, right. let me know. If you want to be a coach, a counselor, a mentor, let me know. If you're a fundraiser, if you're a grant writer, if you know people who want to help us financially, let us know because there, are you know, everyone's competing for the same pot of gold. Like I said before, Ted. So, um, we have to maximize our effort. Everyone knows nothing works without money, right? The more we have, the more coaches I can hire. Um, our, our direct cost ratio from overhead to, to coaches is, is on a very low end because as you can see, I'm wearing three or four hats. Yep. I charge our chapter directors wear three or four hats wow. and let's keep the cost at a minimal because we can hire more coaches and do more healing. Yep. We can get our retreat center up on board. We have some farming initiatives we're working on down in Florida right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a three down there that we're, we're working on housing two veterans. So we're providing funds to build out a barn for living quarters. Yeah. And we're going to work on a training program with those guys. So, uh, folks can help in so many ways like any other charity, but hopefully we'll become a lot of people's favorite charity. Great. Set us up on a $10 a month donation. Send us up on, on something larger. We're going to be having an event. Um, I feel pretty confident mentioning his name. John Costacopoulos uh, ran for a, a, a position in uh, Midtown Manhattan. He's going to work with us on sponsoring an event in, uh, in Midtown very, very soon at the Metropolitan Club or something similar Good. where we can bring in some net worth folks, where we can uh, have some speakers come in and we can, you know, share our stories, share our successes and, and get that done. Again, Christine Martucci, the 29th, we have, uh, we're putting together a golf outing <laughs> in really? New Jersey. Awesome. We're going to have one in New York, in New York soon. 
we're working with another, um, I won't give too much away on this, but we're working with the Boy Scouts and we're hoping to bring in some Eagle Scouts that are working on their projects that help veterans. And we're going to help kick up the volume on what they're doing because these, these, these young men and women that are getting their Eagle Scouts, phenomenal what they do. I, I learned a lot about the Eagle Scouts in the past few months, <laughs> What these kids accomplish oh, yeah. by, by their 18th birthday wow. is it, it's unimaginable. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they do some great things. So we're looking to build some other partnerships along the way, but folks get the word out, talk us yeah. up, like us on Facebook. If you don't like mm-hmm. us, Tell me why. <laughs> so VetRest, you guys, so you got, so VetRest has a lot coming up, um, especially the New Jersey chapter. You guys have a lot, th- a lot of things going on, right? Yes, we do. Good. New Jersey, we're going to kick it up in New York City. I was, I was featured at a Nets game, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, two weeks ago. They honored me as a combat vet. Was very happy to be nice. there, participating with them. Nice. And uh, we're just getting the fever out there. We have Good. some other folks that I can't mention yet that are starting to push it along. Good, but. We, I really honestly believe April, uh, end of March, April, May, you're going to see a lot of events from us, a lot of fundraising opportunities. Good. Folks, we're working tirelessly every day uh, because every hour that I sleep, six or seven vets have taken their lives. And, and that's yeah. unacceptable in my world today. Absolutely and, unacceptable. So how can people check out VetRest and donate and support VetRest? Tell us about all your contact information www.vetrest.org, V-E-T-R-E-S-T.org. We have links to our two other chapters that that are uh, web savvy. So our Oregon chapter that is fully functional today. Ron White's out there as a combat vet doing a fantastic job. Uh, uh, Dave Ryden has posted our our New Jersey website, VetRest New Jersey. Uh, Just go to vetrest.org. You'll see all of our information there. Um, our media consultants, uh, Eden and Lauren, they're updating the sites pretty much daily. We're getting a lot of fever out there. And uh, we've got a lot of folks donating some time right now. They're just just wonderful. Uh, we have TNT Daily down south, and she's working on a few big initiatives, a few big donors. And we're hoping to bring in some, you know, some godfathers or some ambassadors. Excellent. Uh, to really help help us get this thing moving. Well, Rob, listen, I really, really think you guys are doing a wonderful thing for our veterans, and hopefully you have a lot of great uh, continued support uh, through through everybody who's been listening to this podcast and through whoever, whoever else you get. But I would tell you, I really would like to uh, work with you, uh, and Motorcycle Man would definitely like to work with you and VetRest. So let's, let's, let's connect afterwards. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more. Um, I want to thank you very much for joining me here. Uh, on the podcast and telling us about vet rest anytime ted you know god bless you and and your brothers for your network and for putting us out there because this is the kind of support we need so anytime you want to fill in some gaps call me i'll be online you're a fantastic host and thank you for all that you're doing for our vets and thank, thank you, you for, for serving our country thank you very much and thank you for serving my country this is great thank you very much you take care now all right, all right. okay rob we're done Dude, that was awesome. Thank you, Graham. You were great. You were fantastic, man. You were fantastic. Really so good. You, you know, this is going to be good. I'm going to have this processed and up tonight, actually. So what I can do is I can get you the uh, the link. It'll be on the website, awesome. and it'll be posted. It'll be on, let me see, uh, Stitcher Radio. It'll be on. Uh, of course, it'll be on iTunes and uh, just like three or four other places it's going to be on. So it'll be 
And, of course, I'll be uploaded to uh, Facebook and to Twitter. It'll be up there, too. Wow, so, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Let's, hey, anytime you want to meet for lunch, dinner, a cocktail, anything. Absolutely. Let's get together. Let's continue to move this. I, I really. Sure. It, let's it, let's talk about, you know, like uh, maybe we can put something together. I can get a motorcycle run together, perhaps uh, in, maybe in the fall. I don't know. The, uh, the podcast, every year, annually, we do an annual run every year. For the past two years, we've been going up to High Point. We make a ride from Cranford. And we go up to High Point. It's like it's an all day thing, um, right? And we have lunch up there. But this year we're going to do something different. So I don't know. Maybe we can coincide it with something for for vet rest. I'm not quite sure how we would do that, or either that, or maybe in the fall we could do something. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic, brother. Perfect, excellent. Good. Let me know when you're playing because you yeah, well, like I said, your, um, your dates aren't all on there. No, you know what? We just actually picked up another date tonight, oddly enough. Uh, every year, there's a thing called the Freedom Fest, which happens out at the Horse Park of New Jersey. And yep. Yeah, yeah. We've been, we, in fact, we've been playing there the last two years, and they just contacted us today, and we're going to be playing there on July, July 15th. It's a Saturday night, so we'll be performing there, uh, on there. We're playing, let's see, we're over in Linden at the Linden Amphitheater on... July twenty second. I'd be lying. That's July. Yeah, it's July twenty. That's Saturday. No, it's not a Saturday. I'm sorry. July twenty fifth. It's a Tuesday night. Uh, we're at on the 29th again. Like I said, we're doing this. We're doing this uh, benefit run up in Edison, uh, and that's like a forty five minute set. So when I'm done there, I can get everybody to come down to the Stone Pony for that thing. Uh, we're playing. Believe it or not, we're playing uh, on on April second. We're doing an acoustic show. What the hell is that? Down in uh, West Hampton, which is down past south of Cherry Hill. You know. Hell's that? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, believe it or not, it's a great place. It's one of our favorite places to play. But um, we're, we're, we're going to be heading out to Ohio, um, Maryland, perhaps Virginia. And we got a couple other dates in upstate New York, uh, Oyster Bay, Long Island. And we do a couple things here in Jersey. Not a lot. We're not as busy this year as we were last year, but yeah, it's, it's iffy, iffy. You never know when it's what it's going to be like. Do you have a Do you have a media packet you send out? No, to, you know uh, what to, to we have an, we, No, we we have an agent and he does all of our booking for us. But our, my bass player he owns BC Tire in Edison, so he also gets us a lot of stuff through his um, through his connections. Yeah, I should say. Uh, but what I ordinarily do is just tell everybody to go to our website, which is humanwheels.net, and everybody just goes there and you can see video and pictures of the band and get, that's where our schedule is. So, so it's humanwheels.net. Uh, good. I'm, I'm going to send your information to the guys at Sturgis because <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually I, with tanker David, I mentioned from my New Jersey chapter. Yeah. yeah. We started a 19 kilo coffee <laughs> and Perfect. we have our service disabled veteran. That's why I got it in there. Yeah. We have our, our SDV OSB and, uh, and, I have a contact who's a music producer in New in New York. Yeah, and she put us in touch with the guys who run Buffalo Chip. No shit, <laughs> own Buffalo Chip, and that's, that's a, great. But for me to go out there as a coffee vendor for Sturgis, yeah, is going to cost you like forty, fifty grand. And I'm like, I'd have really? to sell a hundred thousand dollars worth of coffee. Why would it cost you so much? The sponsorships, you've got a a setup fee. You've got to have really? the bonding insurance. I would have to sell coffee. I would have to have like four or five people. So really, so now they now they have an expo. There's usually an expo at at Sturgis, I believe, somewhere. Yes. Now you can't just like buy a spot and just set up a tent and sell your coffee out of that. 
for a mere $49,000. Are you serious? 49K? Fuck, it's, it's expensive. Oh, I'll tell you what, let me ask you this. Have you ever it's, considered uh, AmeriCade? The AmeriCade, oh. the AmeriCade motorcycle rally happens every year in um, Lake George, New York. Right. And I have, the motorcycle men have been there for the last two years. And we might go again this year if the finances work out. But I can put, if you want to set up a booth, go, go check it out at AmeriCade.com. And there's a thing on there for uh, vendors. If you want, they have a huge expo, absolutely monstrous expo. Really? Yeah. I, I'll check them out. We're, we're trying to get into U.S. foods. We're, we're, we're trying to get into Walgreens, Walmart, yeah. you know, some of those. But we're, you know, we're doing it. But Sturgis was just too big for us. It's too yeah, far oh, away. Yeah, no. And it's like, you know what? And even on a low end, yeah. they wanted 15 grand f- for, for the advertising ability. But then I still got to get out there with a motorhome, yeah. people, supplies. And it's, you know, eight, nine days. I'm like, geez, I really can't afford to be away from that rest. Well, you know, the thing is you might want to consider also is that there are a, a lot of motorcycle rallies everywhere. And there's also a lot of motorcycle shows. Like for example, the International Motorcycle Show, the IMS, they call it. It's a traveling motorcycle show. It hits cities all around the United States, and it always comes to New York City. So that's something you might want to consider. I had a friend of mine in one of my other podcasts. He um, he he bought a spot because he owns Cleveland Moto, but he bought a spot and it cost him seven k for a spot at the. Uh, oh, you know, that's not bad. No, it's it's doable, I think. Yeah. Uh, the then there's also the um, the the what they call AIM motorcycle event. It used to be in Orlando every year, but now they moved it to Cleveland. So it's going to be in Cleveland in 2017. That is one of the largest motorcycle shows in the country. So that's something else you might want to consider doing also. But there's, oh my God, there's there's a Maryland uh, Bike Week. There's, geez, uh, what else? There's one in Rehoboth Beach. There's also uh, another bike show down in uh, Wildwood. I'm telling you, you do any kind of research and you'll find out that there's motorcycle events happening everywhere that have an expo of some, some sort. That, you could easily set up a booth for vet rest. Or you can set up a booth for uh, for, for, for the coffee 19, thing. 19 kilo. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, I can do both. I can just do them next door to each other and just manage, manage two booths. That's booster. it. You know, and I think, like I said, any, anytime you coincide a veterans or, uh, organization with motorcycles, you're going to get a lot of attention. A lot of attention. Uh, every, yeah. every year, uh, the motorcycle men, we do the uh, Rolling Thunder thing. That oh, leaves, you do? Yeah, it leaves out of Warren Ankle Park and it goes to the huh? uh, Vietnam Memorial. It's huge, absolutely like thousands and thousands of motorcycles. I this think my year, brother does that. You know my brother John? I don't think so. No, he he started the Elks Motorcycle Club in in Cranford. Oh wait a minute, he's really they oh do. um talks like this. Really, my brother John? No, I, you know what? The funny thing is because my brother Chris, he yeah. knows a lot of those guys over there, and uh, I know that that Elks runs the. Um, uh, the ride for brain injured children every yes. year, which is happening on April 9th, which we're, we we yep. think we're going to be doing. Hold on, April 9th. Yeah, that's a Sunday. It looks like we're going to be doing that, so we're going to be there for that. Uh, I yeah, that's so funny. Oh. Wow, see, I'll, I'll come. I'll come join you. I, I don't believe it or not. I don't have my motorcycle license. Why? 
and fly helicopters and airplanes, I'm going to go for it this year. <laughs> I just have to get off my ass and go do it. <laughs> yeah, take the uh, take the course. Go to, uh, yeah. I don't know what kind of rider you want to be. I don't know if you want to be a cruiser, if you want to be an adventure rider or whatever. But I suggest what you do for starters is go to, uh, see, you're uh, you're in Long Valley, so go to Williams Harley-Davidson out there in 22. Yeah. It's right, it's right, they're right there in, um, uh, how's it? it's in Lebanon. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I know what you, I know what you mean. Yeah. Right, right across from the Stewarts. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so go go there and I'm sure they're going they run the course and they and it's like a 3-day course. They give you the whole thing, they provide the bike and they teach you everything you need to know. If not them, most other Harley Davidson dealers do offer it. You take the course. It's usually like a buck 75. Yes. And then yeah. it's a Skip. motorcycle safety course. You get you your license and then uh, you, all you got to do is get a bike then. There you go. That's I'm it. on it. <laughs> all right are you on the radio the rest of the night now or, or no 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 it's just it's just the podcast i started the podcast uh oh my god it's been two years already number 80 tonight yeah that's two years my god wow it's been two years already um and i started originally it was just going to be you know just talk about motorcycles because I'm, I'm an idiot but we, <laughs> so i got i said i asked my brothers you guys want to do this with me and they said i right, sure why not so they both got their licenses uh, as well a few years ago. So uh, we, uh, I've been riding since I was, God, since I was in the Navy. But uh, so I thought we'd let's get the podcast going. It's, and we've been having fun. You know, we're not the smartest guys in the world. We know, well, we know jack shit about motorcycles, really. But uh, <laughs> we're Harley guys, and that's it. You know, we, uh-huh. we like our Harleys. And so uh, we've just been uh-huh. doing it. And oddly enough, I have met some amazing people from doing this podcast, from doing these interviews. Uh, I've interviewed authors. I've interviewed uh, industry executives. I, I just, every, all kinds of people. And it just, just, and everybody's just so, so glad to talk to me. Well, maybe we can get boss Haas uh, somehow connected to you. My brother-in-law is his accountant. Oh, really? So no he goes out to Sturgis every year, but he brings two tractor trailer loads, wow. 20 bikes, you know, each bike's a hundred grand or more oh, or something yeah. like that. But, oh yeah. You know, I'm supposed to. Who knows? We're trying to make some more connections. We're supposed to be doing a. Um, we're supposed to be doing a live, uh, actually, uh, broadcast from uh, Orange County Choppers in New York. Really? Yeah, we're going to be heading up there, and we're, we're trying. We're just trying to organize our schedules. That's what's. That's what's been tough. Uh, my schedule and their schedule. That's what's been a hard thing to do. Yeah. And we do a bunch of live shows. We do uh, a live show like at least twice a year. We do a live show. Uh, so we're going to go up there and do a live show. I've been trying like, trying like hell to get some um, celebrity types on the show, but right. you know, I, I have a friend who has a friend who has a friend. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, type of that's, thing, it'll you know? always work out. <laughs> and and it, you know, it's like you know the channels are always skewed, and you know I tried like uh, you know you know Leno would love to do your show. Okay, well, hello, <laughs> we're waiting. <laughs> No. Yeah, I have, to, I have to talk to him. Oh, hello. Well, <laughs> talk to him. What's that? What's preventing you? You know. So, uh, but it's yeah. great. You know, I I really enjoy doing the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Um, like I said, this is our actually this is our third year. We started in twenty fourteen. I think this is our third year. No, it's our second year. Yeah, it is our second year. So, but it's been fun. It's been fun. You know, it's awesome. So, yeah. where's your studio? Is it is this in your house? Well, we have two. When I do in my interview podcast, so I do my interview podcast from my uh, home studio here in my house, and as you can see, I got my guitars hanging up. Like I was going to say, I see your guitar over there. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. I do my uh, the interviews here, and then when we do the uh, studio show, the studio show happens at my brother's house in Cranford. 
Oh, and, get out. And this is where it's the three of us sit around the table. And sometimes we actually have guests come in the house, and we actually have them there. Uh, we've had everybody from my mother on uh, to, <laughs> uh, to, uh, to guys. Like I said, uh, I had uh, uh, Jeremy Craker, for example, is one guy I had on. He and Sam Manicom, both authors. They've toured around the world. Scooter people. It's just amazing the people we've had on this show. It's been a lot of fun. And we're going to keep going for, you know, until, until I get tired. I don't well, know. <laughs> well, much success. Much success. Yeah, I'll keep you. my ears peeled, too, for, yeah. I get predominantly motorcycle folks, motorcycle enthusiasts, Absolutely. and rich and famous people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we and like they, them. That's, oh, of course. Yeah, because they got big pockets. <laughs> that's why we like those people. You know, so you know, and the thing is, we do this for free. We don't. We, we take donations, you know, for for help with the podcast. But uh, okay. you know, we don't get paid for this. You know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> got to fix that. <laughs> Even some donations are good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. New guitar. It, you know, it's no, no. Actually, it's going to be if anything. Any don- money we make through donations goes to getting new equipment and getting more stuff. We're trying to bring this to video. You know, so that's that's, that's got to be a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, it's, uh, it's so great to have you on. So good, nice to connect with you again. Thank yeah. you, brother. You know what? Yeah, it's been a long time since high school, but yeah. I'm proud of you. I'm oh, proud to know you. Know. I hope to see you soon. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'll keep. Well, I'll keep in touch. I got your email, and uh, we'll yeah. keep in touch. And we'll, good, and I'll keep you updated. You know what I'll do? If you don't mind, I'll I'll put your email. Um, when I send out media blasts. Yeah. I'll just keep you on that and, you know, absolutely, read them absolutely. if you want. Don't read them if you don't want, but I'll just put you on that so you, you'll see them and you'll see the progress we're making. Okay, great. Perfect. All right, brother. All right, Love you, man. Thank you so All much, right, Ted. Thank you, man. All right. Love you. Love see you. ya. Bye-bye. Bye. I want to get out of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, there's up. that. Just that hang, just button hang over here. So you see the little red circle with the hang with the end call? Little circle? Yep. Red circle? That's it. Click that. Right. Hey, brother. See you. Bye-bye. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. This is Ted of the Motorcycle Men Podcast. This was episode number 80, and you just heard my interview with Rob Vici of VetRest. Uh, they're doing a wonderful thing over there to help veterans. So please, by all means, go to VetRest.org and uh, donate and or help any way you can. Contact them. They're looking for coaches uh, and mentors, people to help them out any way you can. Uh, we love to help our veterans, so please uh, contribute. Do your best. The Motorcycle Man, we're going to put together something. We're going to uh, uh, some sort of event that we can have and uh, put together with VetRest. So anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening, and I want to thank all of our sponsors, of course, Surefire Designs and Sims Designs, love-jugs.com for uh, helping out the Motorcycle Man podcast, and, of course, all to our, all of our subscribers and those who have donated with one-time donation through PayPal. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This is Ted. This is the Motorcycle Men Podcast. Tune in again next week when we all get together in the studio and chit-chat about some fun stuff. We're going to have Paco on, who is the Rever Mileage winner. All right, you guys take care, and good night. I'd say...